Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. I'm Zach. And I'm Darcy. Did you know that pornography doesn't have to destroy you or your marriage? We're the parents of eight active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we love to help people just like you. We're here to share hope and healing as we take you through our journey and the journeys of our amazing clients to greater joy and love. Come grow with us to a happier, more meaningful life. Welcome Welcome to to the the Self Mastery Podcast. Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful Mastery Monday here on the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford, and I'm joined today by Darcy. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Welcome. Hey, so, uh, you know, you're listening to this, and you might find or might be listening to it and going, what's going on with the sound? So I moved into a new office, and uh, it's very sparse in here right now. I have a rug on the floor and some furniture and not much else, so... If the sound is different and you're like, that's terrible sound, please just you know bear with us as we add some <laughs> furnishings so this sound doesn't sound quite as bad anymore. All right. But I just have to say that Zach built this new office with his two hands. With my own bare hands? Yeah. Like, like a mountain man, only with uh, drywall? <laughs> it was pretty impressive. Yeah, I wired it. Um, I only had to call an electrician friend of ours one time. To do something that I would just I just wasn't sure about, but I wired the whole thing and I, um, uh, <laughs> I built the walls and I put the door in and I'm gonna have to do the floor yet and I have to do the baseboards. But we are living in a world where you cannot buy baseboards that match our baseboards. <laughs> <laughs> like the guy I talked to at Dixie Lumber, he's like, um, yeah, I, I had those on back order for like six months and I can't I can't even order them now, and the ones that I had on back order just never showed up. So there you have it. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a whole different ball game, I guess. So thanks. Uh, thanks for your patience. We appreciate it. So this, this week, so last week we talked about meaning frames and how to re, you know, reintegrate with your, with your meaning frames in a way that's valuable to you. Uh, in our five part series, this is part two on uh, love and uh, like I said last week, we're not going to talk about love in the traditional sense. You know, you know, I know February is the, the month of love, and maybe you're thinking, oh, love is about sex, or love is about you know, this, this enamored feeling that we get when we fall in love with our partner for the first time. Nope, we're not talking about any of that. We're talking about how to uh, really you know, know what it is to be lovable and loving to others and to love oneself. And when we talk about this, there's a really essential component. And David Schnarch talks about this. And if you don't know who David Schnarch is, he's got a great book called Passionate Marriage. If you haven't read that, it's a great book. Um, And he talks about this in terms of this particular part that we want to talk about in terms of self-confrontation or self-confronting and the other confronting or being confronted by others, right? And this is is not about... um, (laughs) <laughs> this is not about conflict, right? You're not supposed to like go around and just like start yelling at people and say, I'm confronting you about your bad behavior. Um, this is really about engaging with our behaviors in a meaningful way and from an objective place. 
And one of the keys to love is the capacity to confront who we are. Now, this isn't to say that you're, you know, you're not inherently lovable or that you're not inherently loved because we all have that from our Heavenly Father. That's given to us. Uh, but there is an element of growth that seems to be required for each of us to love ourselves. I think I have to grow to really love myself. I don't know. What do you think, Darcy? I think one of the keys to loving yourself is having a sense that you are growing, that you're learning, that you're leaning into the discomfort of becoming more than what you are now. I know for me, when I'm striving to be more than I currently am or to really look at where I am and where I want to be, if I'm not, you know, continually doing the things to help me move forward, a lot of times I have a lot more self-hatred or a lot more negative self-talk about who I am, and it's harder for me to love myself. Yeah, I think even if you think of, like, kids, little kids, um, you know, they love themselves inherently, but there comes, I think, a point at which they're like, I, I wish I were better, I wish I were more, and it's not that I, you know, they don't love themselves, but it's this idea of if I can confront where I am and I can grow past it, I'll be more than what I was. And I think that's a really important part of this, uh, this self-confrontation or this other confrontation component, right? And, you know, it also requires that we hear the truthful parts of what others are able to observe in us. And, and then they point that out to us. So I think this is a skill that requires capacity to not just endure the discomfort of, you know, of a process of confronting who you are, but even leaning into that process, leaning into that discomfort. So let's take a moment to just kind of define what it means to self-confront or to be confronted by others in ways that are, you know, growth and love promoting. The process of confronting your behavior is simple. And I think it is really important, but I think it can be really difficult to face if you're unwilling to be objective. So I think I think the concept is simple, but I think the actual doing yeah. is not simple. No, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> okay. 100%. And I think that's, uh, yeah, it, it's totally simple to say it out loud, but I think it's a lot less simple to do. I think sometimes it's really hard to really look at ourselves for who we are, to look at ourselves objectively and to really be totally honest with our behaviors, why we do it, what, you know, what we're trying to get out of what we do and just face it. Yeah. Uh, well, and to, in order to see self confront, you're, you're going to have to see your behavior clearly. You've got to look at it objectively. You've got to be clear about it. And me meaning that, you know, you fully understand or you're seeking to fully understand what you're doing. You know, this is as simple as acknowledging a behavior. And you could, you know, you, you could just describe it dispassionately, right? You could write it down. You could maybe um, just get out a piece of paper and write it down. And, and you want to do this without layering in the judgments that you might be using to beat yourself up with, mm -hmm. right? How many times have you found out that you're, you know, you have this behavior and you're like, oh man, I'm such a terrible human. And then you beat yourself up and then there's not a lot of value in that. Or sometimes we kind of notice it, but then we don't really like how it makes us feel, so we try to mask and pretend that it's not there yeah. so that we don't have to deal with the discomfort of really acknowledging who we are. Yeah, and I think sometimes we even go so far as to like make it a bigger deal than maybe it is. You know, you and I were talking with a couple who've been we've been coaching, and one of their experiences recently was a conversation in which the husband 
let his spouse know that he had been viewing pornography. And as they discussed the situation, the husband became more and more distraught. In a, and in a sense, he was doing this to kind of convey to his wife how much he was not pleased with his own behavior. And he worked to manage his wife's expectations and experience of his actions, right? By being more upset about the situation than even she was at the time. And this created greater you know, frustration and, and upset. And, you know, he wasn't looking at it with this lens of like, okay, this is the behavior. He was taking it and he was turning it into this greater issue of how, you know, this is going to destroy things. And that that really, I think, made this particular example unworkable because then it became about the emotion that he was conveying rather than the actions of what he was doing. So really, this is an example of not being clear and objective about your behavior. And that's not to say there's no room for passionate discourse or even deeply felt emotions, especially, you know, if, if you're, you know, you're looking at pornography as, a, as, as one of the situations that you're going to confront, right? Your partner gets the, you know, gets the ability to have her emotions, they're, they're, and you get to have your emotions. But that's not like... I mean, the idea here isn't to amplify that in any way for any reason. The idea here is to look at it and deal with it directly and not turn it into something that it's not. Um, but and, and it also is to say that managing our partner, like like this client was doing, is is not part of a clearly acknowledgement of where you are, a clear acknowledgement of where you are. And it's hard to be objective uh, about where you're you know, where you are and what's going on for you if you're trying to manage other people's feelings. And I think that's, I think that's something that everybody needs to be aware of as they go through this process. So how do we engage in the internal process of evaluating our behaviors? We, we go into this pretty deeply in the membership, which you can join anytime by going to zackspafford.com. And, and, you know, there are workbooks in there that you can use to get really deep into the subject. Okay. But first, one of the things you'll want to start recognizing is that high emotions are often a way of deflecting from the real issue. I know for me, when I am confronted with something that is upsetting to me or something that is just kind of triggering, it's easier for me to respond with a lot of emotion versus, you know, stop, reflect, and look inside about what's going on for me and really trying to understand what is actually causing that high emotion. Yeah, and I think when we don't look at that, right, when we take the emotion as the, as the actual issue and, and we ignore the underlying behavior, then guess what? We lose traction and we lose our capacity to really reflect and, and solve the problem. It's kind of interesting. I noticed with one of our sons, oftentimes when you go and you confront him with something, like say you know something that he did was wrong and you ask him about it or you try and you know figure out what's going on he normally responds with super high emotion as a way of trying to not deal with what's actually going on for him it's one of those things where you look at it and you go why why are you bringing all this emotion to this so as a partner that's something you can do you can just just take a step back from it and not get engaged in the emotion but take a step back and go why are you why are you bringing all this emotion to this? What's going on here? Why are you at, you know, a 10 when really this is like a 2 situation? And get really just don't don't get dragged into the emotion. Mm-hmm.
Second thing you'll need to do is to be objective about what that behavior's outcomes are. How are they impacting you? And how they might be impacting those around you. You can do this by being willing to look downstream from where you are and just acknowledging the results in the eyes of others and even acknowledging the effects that you've been working to ignore or hide from. Many of us do this really well in parts of our lives. You know, for instance, at work, you might be really good at looking downstream and saying, you know, what are the effects? And your boss might be really good at ignoring what those downstream effects are. If you've ever gone to your boss and said, hey, this is a problem, they go, well, well we can't deal with that right now because we don't have a budget or whatever. But when it comes to your relationship with yourself or your partner, it's not uncommon to be unwilling to see what we're doing based on the way that we'll end up later, right? When we turn to pornography, we're clearly ignoring what's what the downstream effects are. And, you know, you just got to be willing to just be a little bit more candid about that sort of thing. I know for me, Darcy and I were having a discussion in the shower just a couple of nights ago, and she was pointing out something to me something that I didn't really want to see. And at that moment, I, I had a choice. I could get defensive and push back and say that, you know, you're wrong or, you know, storm out or whatever, or that I didn't see it, it that way, which, you know, until she said something, I, that was probably true. I didn't see it that way. Or I could listen to the truth. I could listen for the truth. Not exactly all of the things that she was saying were true, but there was at least some truth in there that she was trying to convey to me. And even if I didn't agree with every part of what she was saying, I could listen for the truth that was in there. And I was able to see, you know, really the important parts of what she was trying to say to me. And I looked, I, I, I took a moment and I looked past the anxiety that was created by what she was pointing out. And I started to kind of analyze, okay, really, how do I want to respond to this? What is the, what is, what's the me being the best version of me in this moment look like? And why would I want to respond in one way or another? And just kind of stepping back from the emotions, stepping back from the moment, and, and just trying to see it whilst also making the argument of the truths that she was giving me, right? Like m making those arguments for myself in my own head. How is this true? Why is this true? What's the value in believing this is true? So that I could move forward more clearly. I think so often it's easy for us to, you know, when our, our partner is seeing something in us, or like JFF would say, tracking something in us, when they bring that to our attention, it's hard to not get defensive at first. But if we're willing to sit with that uncomfortableness and really listen to what our partner's saying, oftentimes there's some really valuable insights and nuggets into things that maybe we could confront about our, our behavior. Yeah, and, and for me, that was one of these moments that you were giving me this this thing that you had tracked and it was great and i walked out of that shower happier <laughs> well and here's the here's the counter to that right sometimes we want to argue a point that may have been indicated by our partner but wasn't actually the issue at hand you know one of the men that i work with uh, said this uh, to me about the discussions he has with his wife he said i rarely say the right thing so this to me was an indicator based on that phrase and some other data that I have that his partner has been keen to pick up on anything that isn't quite right in his phrasing or in you know the thing that he's talking about and rather than you know get to the to the heart of the issue rather than stay on point and deal with the actual issue she's there to pick a fight 
to the point where he will just like, okay, I'm done talking to you because you clearly don't even want to hear what I say, you know, rather than get into the parts where she's being confronted, rather than dealing with her own insecurities and anxieties around the issues that he's bringing up. He is just being, for lack of a better term, um, buffaloed into doing whatever it is that she wants, which is ignoring the issue, right? So if this is how you're reacting when your partner has something to say, you know, you're picking apart the little things to avoid the more important issue, then it's time to kind of step back and see what's being said from a kind and open place. So in the example of Darcy and I chatting in the shower, I really could have let my anxieties about how she might see me or how I don't like being wrong. I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody who likes being wrong, but I really don't like being wrong. I like to have like all the facts and then know what the right next step is. And I could have used all of that to put me into attack mode and be like, well, you're wrong about this. And, you know, I'm just done listening to you and all of that stuff. Right. And I could have picked apart her argument and dug in my heels. But rather than do that, I took the moment and I just looked at her thoughts and I sought to find any truth in them. And I, I even in some cases and in, in part of that, I even look to, you know, make her argument. How is what she's saying true? In the shower the other day, as you can tell, we have lots of conversations. This is the, the only shower. place where you can have a conversation <laughs> when there are literally eight other people in your house. Yeah, but he pointed. We, we, you know, we're having some struggles with a child, and so we were discussing them. And he was trying to uh, get me to agree that I wouldn't do something with this child, and I just that said, we could go together forward on a yeah, particular yeah, course of action. Yeah, I wasn't ready to commit to that. And I didn't feel like I could say, yes, let's move forward. I'm, I'm in 100%. And I didn't want to lie. I could have just said, yes, we can go forward, but not really meaning it. And so I kind of stuck my ground. I said, I'm, I, I, I can try. I wasn't willing to say absolutely. And I think a lot of times the husbands, you know, when we're like, can you not look at pornography again, right? They want to say yes, but really inside they know that that's probably not super accurate. And so I think a more honest answer would be, I will try, because that is the truth, right? If we cannot 100% commit to something, then all we can do is try. And so anyways, he, he kind of made a comment, and it kind of dug into me a little bit about, about this situation. And my instant reaction was to come up with all the ways in which he could be wrong with this child. But instead, I didn't do that. And I just like kept looking inward about, okay, why is it that I can't get on that page? What is this about? What's going on for me? And I really tried to look at my own behavior and come up with an articulate way to respond to Zach so that one, I can convey what's going on for me in a more clear way. And that was so much more helpful than had I spout out all the things that I could come up with that was wrong about him. Because if I did that, then that was way easier. It would, it would have been way easier to just spout out nonsense to Zach. It would have been easier to fight. Yes. Than, yeah. it, than it was to like look inside and go, okay, well, what's going on here? And actually, you looking inside and taking that time made it so that um, so that I was given a chance 
to learn because when you came to me later, it was so much more valuable than the conversation we'd been having uh, before. It was it was real, and it was this is what's actually going on, and also this is a much more valuable position for both of us to be at, and here's why. And that gave me some growth, and it gave you some growth, and it wasn't a fight, and it wasn't just like okay, you know, we're just gonna be mad at each other. I was I was kind of frustrated with you, and you were frustrated with me, and and here's the thing, the work of self confrontation is that work. It's looking inward and going, okay, where am I and why am I here? And is the reason why I'm here something I'm ready and willing to change? Can I change this? Is there a better place to be here? Or is this the right place to be and I just don't have a better place yet? And, and for me, sometimes it's hard. It's hard to really look inward and, and see what is going on for me because you know, it's almost like, okay, if I acknowledge this, then how am I going to deal with it? You know, sometimes it's easier just to not face it and just to deflect and, and move on like you always did. Mm -hmm. But when I take the time and really confront what's going on for me, it always turns out way better than had I just gone about like I normally would have. Yeah. So why don't we want to confront ourselves or have others confront us? Why? Because honestly, sometimes the truth of who we are being is really hard to see. It doesn't feel good. It really doesn't feel good. Um, you know, Jennifer Finlayson calls this uh, being invalidated, right? You take a risk and you are your person and then somebody rejects that because it's not exactly right or you reject it. And that's invalidating. You feel invalid in that position. And next week, we're going to talk about self-validation and validation from others. But for the purpose of this week's uh, discussion and engagement on love, just being aware that this confrontation of our realities and you know, the statements and the behaviors is not, it's not about designing ways to hurt or jar ourselves into changing. Like this isn't Self-confrontation is not about punching yourself in the face harder. Um, and it's not about hoping that your partner will say exactly the right thing that's so cutting that it just turns you into like, oh, yeah, that I should totally change. This is really about loving ourselves and others enough to see what we might be doing is not living up to our highest potential, to who we want to be. And as you do the work of self-confrontation and, you know, listening when another person, usually the person you trust most, offers you ideas, you know, or their thoughts about what might be going on for you, you got to be aware that you'll probably want to deflect from what you see and hear because it's not going to feel very good. But if you can lean in, you, you know, if you can be clear that the only thing you need to do is just go through this and be objective about it and be honest about it and open about it, you're going to succeed. You're going to succeed at becoming the person that you want to be. You're going to succeed at being the partner that you want to be for your partner. And they're going to track that in you. They're going to see that's what's happening for you. And I think it's really important to be kind to yourself and to your partner when this is happening. You know, I'm really grateful for the kindness that Darcy had for me in, the, in that interaction about our son. It was like, oh, oh, I see. I see that you were the bigger person here. You were the kinder person here. And it, it really isn't effective to come from a hard place and go through the process of telling your partner off. 
Like that's just not, that's not the purpose of this, this situation. That's actually more likely to create conflict than it is to c- create self-confrontation. And, and, and here we're looking for growth. We're not looking for a fight. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I look back when pornography was the thing that we were struggling with, and I look at some of the things that I had to confront myself with, some of the behaviors that I, that I had, right? So some of those were, I was really mean. I said really mean things. I, was, I would probably consider myself verbally abusive if I look back on those really hard years. And so I had to be willing to look at my behavior. I had to look at what role I was playing in this conversation surrounding pornography. Um, another thing that I had to look at was, okay, how, how am I, I'm, I'm not obviously the reason he was looking at pornography, right? He, his actions are totally his, but in what ways was I engaging with him that made it either easy for him to turn to pornography, easy for him to lie to me, um, all of those things. Justify it. Yeah, or justify his behavior of lying. And I had to look and decide, am I making it easy for him to come and talk to me or am I making it hard for him to come and talk to me? Because the truth is is that it's his responsibility to be open and honest and come and talk to me. But if I can look at my behavior and, and see how it is that I might be contributing to that, essentially our the dance around this issue, then I could see, oh, wow, I, I guess I am not really wanting to hear the honest truth about what's going on for him. Yeah, and it was always my choice, right? Like, no matter how you reacted, it was always up to me to, to do what was right for me. And it, it's interesting, right? Because we, we want to think, if I, you know, if my partner were always X, then I could be a better partner. If my partner always did the right thing, then I could be such a good human or a good spouse or anything like that. And the truth is, that's not all it is. I have to look in. I have to say, this is how I'm going to interact. And I have to look at the way that I'm contributing to the whole. And, you know, a lot of thought work oftentimes tries to have us think, well, it's just a thought that I'm bringing to this. And if I can just change that belief, then maybe everything will be okay. But part of the reality of life is we have to look at the way that we're engaging with each other and not just change the the way that we're believing, but also start acting in a way that we will succeed at that belief, right? Um, You know, David Schnarich and acceptance and commitment coaching and um, Jennifer Finlayson Fife, they all talk about, and there's a lot of habit books based on this as well, they all talk about do first, and the beliefs will come. Take action in the direction you're trying to go, and and you'll start to believe. So in the case of self-confrontation, this is about taking a look and maybe start moving in a, in a direction that we, we're not really comfortable with yet, but that we can start to begin to believe that we're going to be able to go in that direction and live in that direction. And I think that's really really important. I think that's probably one of the most important things you could do in self-confrontation and and listening to your partner, you know, kindness is essential here 
and confrontation is not about conflict or being right, but being willing to find the truth. And sometimes that, that process takes two people. Sometimes it's only you. It just depends. You, you don't have to rely on someone else, but you can definitely hear the nuggets of truth in the things that other people say, and your partner will end up tracking that. And then patience is going to be rewarded. Just being patient with yourself and with your partner. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's this um, example in our lives where Darcy has given me really patient feedback and then I would just ignore her or be totally mad that she would bring it up. And then she would come back with it some other time and offer it again. And maybe I was more willing to hear it. And over time, I became more and more willing to hear and do what she was offering. Uh, and she was just patient about it. She was never like, well, in the beginning, sometimes she was like, do this because you're a jerk for not doing it. But <laughs> this is around driving in particular, right? And, and really, she's gotten a lot more patient around she said, hey, you know, this is how I feel about what you're doing. And I'm, I know, guys, listen, I'm not a terrible driver. I just, Darcy is, doesn't like sometimes that I'm not paying full attention to the road. So, but that's, that's a piece of advice that I'm hearing and I'm going, okay, here's the, here's the nugget of truth. Like if I'm not really paying attention, then of course people in the car might not feel safe. That's totally real. That's, and, and I've had to rehear that a number of times and Darcy's been really patient about it. So if you're giving some feedback, be patient. And then leaning in, leaning into the discomfort of hearing that, uh, you know, whatever it is that you have to hear, leaning into finding the nugget of truth in what someone's saying, even though like 10 of the 11 things they might be telling you are wrong, that one thing might be the right thing and it might move you forward in a way that helps you be honest and open. And I just like to remember that we cannot change what we're not willing to face. Yeah. And so that is where really the change happens is when we are willing to really face who we are, what's going on for us, why we're doing something. That is when we're able to begin to take the actions necessary to change what's going on for us. Yeah. If you want greater love in your life, you have to be willing to acknowledge what's happening. Because otherwise, people are going to be standoffish because they're going to track that you're not being honest. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. And that's why this is part of the, you know, the love series that we're doing this month is that if you want love in your life, you've got to have these skills. If you really want love that you can totally rely on and not always be wondering if it's because, you know, you, they don't know you or you deserve, you don't deserve it. Well, and I think, you know, we all have that person in our lives who are 100% unwilling to ever admit or look inward and, and say, hey, I'm wrong, right? That, those people often are not people you want to hang around with a lot. Yeah. They become those people that you're like, I don't actually want to hang out with you anymore. Because if we're never willing to admit when we're wrong, to admit that, oh, I, I have this area that I could work on, and we just keep repeating the same behavior over and over and over again, eventually people get sick of us. Yeah. Well, that's like playing golf with somebody who never loses a ball. They're always like, no, I found it. Okay, you're a liar. <laughs> right? Like, the truth is, if you play golf with somebody, they're going to lose a ball. Probably at least one, one per round if they're you know, not a really excellent golfer. 
And if their ball is always like off in the woods and then they're like, oh, I found it, then you know they're a liar, right? And that's the same thing that's happening with our emotions and with our behaviors. If we are not willing to acknowledge, oh, this is what's happening, then people track that and they go, yeah, I see, I see that you're not totally honest. So that's how I'm going to live around you. So next week we're going to talk about self-validation and the validation that we get from others and how each of those is really, really important and how you can begin the process of acknowledging how to actually get the validation you need. All right. We love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Every day, Darcy and I work with amazing men and women to remove pornography from their lives and relationships. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey, let us help you. Sign up for a consult at zackspafford.com slash workwithme, and you can set up some time for you or your spouse to meet with me or with Darcy, and we can help you get started on your self-mastery journey. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills That Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link and... If you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.